Core. Core. You are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities. A show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Madison-based musician Jay Moran has been a part of the Wisconsin music scene for decades. He has written and performed in many projects over that time, including Emmitsville, The Know-It-All Boyfriends, Steely Dane, and The Obros, just to name a few. In 2022, Jay released an album called Funnelhead under the name Emmett James. On top of that, he just released a new single called Love Ain't Money. I'd like to welcome Jay Moran to Fox City's Core. Jay, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice to be here with you, Andy. Thanks for making the drive up. I normally... I'm appreciative, but you came up extra far this morning, and especially after the little dusting of snow we had last night. The roads were just fine. <laughs> there was no problems. So you've got a new album out, which is really good. If, if people haven't had a chance to listen to it, we have been playing a, a couple tracks on WCZR. But before we get into that, mm-hmm. let's talk about when you got into the music scene. Um. Well, I... I, I grew up, my, my father was a musician, uh, I took piano lessons, I gave up piano lessons, I started playing guitar, and then I learned stuff on guitar, and I taught it back to me on piano, and um, and then I started, you know, in high school, started playing it with some friends and, and playing in, in bands, and, and then uh, uh, I met some really cool guys from from Madison, the, Dave and Eric Hansen, and uh, and we we started playing together, and he, they'd come to Watertown, or we'd go to Madison. We had a band, and then uh, um, I was like, okay, I'm moving to Madison. That's you know, I grew up in Watertown, which is one wonderful little city, and um, and so I, I came to Madison, and we worked on building that band, and um, and I played with a bunch of other people, you know, I play the Sunday night jams and the Monday night jams and the whatever and and that was a great uh, place to learn stuff and it's always fun to play with other people and you learn from playing with other people and that was great and uh, I, you know I'd been writing for a while but then I started really concentrating on writing and um, I wrote a lot of songs for the Obros and, and then uh I wanted to do this Americana project, Emmettville, and um, so I did. I worked on that, and uh, and uh, th- I'm not really sure what happened <laughs> after that. But it took a while. Um, I ended up playing reggae. I played, you know, I played with anybody who really needed me, and uh, learned a lot doing that. So, so Emmettville was a, an Americana project that had two two albums out yeah how did how did you get that was that a project that you started yeah i started it um and my friend mary uh mary kelly was uh in town and i i i ran i met her at a an obro show and we talked and i'm like oh i'm start, i'm gonna start this americana thing so um and she played accordion so that 
came in really handy and she was a great singer one of my favorite people to sing with so um so that was a thing and uh, we started doing that and and did a lot of big shows open for a lot of people at the Barrymore and uh and it was it was really fun and and then she moved we did play Appleton once at Mongo's and uh I like I liked that place a lot. It was really trippy. <laughs> um, but uh, and then I'll kind of bring it back every once in a while when I um, we have a, a second record out and I'm working on the third one. But um, now I'm just a musician, so I have more time to concentrate on all these different uh, projects. So uh, hopefully. Those will come up faster instead of <laughs> really slower. I have to remind people who Emmettville is, you know, from a, you know, maybe ask your parents. They may have seen it. Um, so you said that you're working on a third album for mm-hmm, Emmettville? Mm-hmm. It's the well, same same uh, crew that was in the original lineup? Um, it is the, well, not the same drummer. Rob Scoville moved to Turkey, and that's a tough commute for him. Um, but... We know some great drummers in Madison and and around. So um, the recordings are done with uh, a couple of folks, uh, Chris Sandoval and uh, and a friend of ours who kind of just gave up playing drums, um, which sucks. Um, he was amazing. Uh, so he's just trying to fit in all the <laughs> all the. Uh, different bands uh you know or, or production stuff that we're doing but uh that that's a fun project i really like it. it it you know it came out of growing up listening to dylan and neil young and all that kind of stuff and, and wanted to do something a little more not so electric and um a pretty fun project so so the the two albums that were previously released you had a down hometown mm-hmm. and unincorporated yeah and Emmitsville was that a a play on your name or was that yeah it's a play on my legal first name yep <laughs> but there is a, a there is a city called or a town in Wyoming called Emmettville and I'm like ah great maybe we can go there and play <laughs> well, well the the song titles too like it I was wondering like was that a name of an actual city or you know a play on your name because they've got album titles that kind of are based on a city. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's just based on my name, and uh, um, but we did make up some like road signs and and things like that, so it looked like it was a real city, and apparently it is a real city somewhere. How did you get involved in Steely Dane? Um, I was bartending at Jenna's Lounge, which I know some of the. Um, Appleton folks are fond of, um, and uh, Dave Stoller was one of the keyboard players. Was there at happy hour, and he said, "Hey, um, we're thinking about starting a Steely Dan tribute band. Would you want to be in that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'd love that. I love Steely Dan music." So um, that started happening. We talked about it, and then it, it built into it. It started as a twenty some people collective (laughs) and uh, we got it down to a nice tight 14 
people now, so that's that's fun. But um, we've been doing that since 2011, and it's it's kind of mind blowing to all us. You know, we as we went along, it's complicated music, and we're like, hey, you know what? We're we're okay, but we need to be better, and we kept trying to get better as we went along, and and we did, and it's so fun to do the, that show now. We just did a show at the Majestic in Madison. It was sold out. College kids to 70-year-olds were at that show, and it, and it was so fun. Everybody loves that music. It's um, We didn't realize. We thought we thought it would just be guys who would come to see. <laughs> you know, when we started doing it, it would be like guys with ponytails, and uh, we didn't really know. Um, but you, it, it you did turned, a show at the Paps too, didn't you? Yeah, we play the Paps every year. What a now. beautiful theater! Yeah, it's great, and we get free Colectivo uh, coffee. Oh, you can't beat that! <laughs> I, yeah. Um, so you've, you've had a lot of opportunities to play some cool stages with some of these projects. Yeah, uh, Steely Dan. We we play big theaters. We play outside venues. Um, I I don't push my personal projects out as much as i should probably um when i mean the obros we we played Summerfest for years and and played around but um now you know part of building a band is okay or you know i made this collection of songs but now we have to go out and play them so i'm working on that so that'll be part of next year <laughs> So the Obros, like I'm not very familiar with the Obros, but how long was that band active? Uh, we really kind of started getting big in the 80s. I'd say the 80s to the 2000. Um, uh, we played a lot of shows, and we were pretty popular and, and uh, had, had great crowds. And it was fun. It was It was predominantly original music. And when we started that, band we we didn't really want to be a, a a cover band so to speak and so we just wrote fun songs and every once in a while we'd slip in a a, a a cover song just to keep people dancing or something like that you know and um but that was a really fun band and it was really good any chance the obros will reunite well three <laughs> of the people who were in that band have passed away so um and including the, the two brothers who were the really big part of the core of that um so i i don't know it'd be hard to recreate that but some of us think maybe we should try or do a tribute to that or or something yeah we'll see how's the the madison scene you've been up here in appleton uh, performing and I know you've been up here to see shows. Yeah. How how is the scene up here different from from Madison? I well, you know, for me, I, I don't, I can't say that I know Appleton as well. I know some the great musicians who live here. So, um, and I know that Frank Anderson's house was the house that Rock built. Um, um, whoever lived there before, uh, apparently, that was the crash house for. For musicians, so that that's that's pretty amazing. Um, I I know that you, you know, there was good music venues. I, we opened for somebody right on College Avenue. It was a theater, I think, that they kind of changed into a. It was like a movie theater, and they made it into a. It's like a dance. Was that Route sixty six? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you know, we opened 
for somebody there and uh, and played mongos and I guess that's about it. And I've seen shows up here. I saw Pat Metheny up here. It was amazing. Um, I saw yeah. you at Deja Vu for a Zeroed Hero show. Oh yeah, years ago. Wow. Wow, that was I forgot about that. Any chance that we could have Emmett James up here? Um, yeah, I, this would be a city I'd want to play in. Yeah, because um, when, when I when we build the beasts, I think we have it built, but um, we haven't rehearsed yet. So, is there a? Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but is there a part in the process that you don't enjoy as much as others, like rehearsing or writing or recording or performing? Um, well, I, I mean, all that stuff to me is necessary. There's nothing I really hate. I'm not a great promoter of myself. Um, uh, so I, I probably should be better at that. Uh, and we'll have, we'll have to be better than that if we go out and play shows with under, for that record. And, um, so that, that'll, that'll be a work in progress for a while, but, uh, I, now that all I have to do is be a musician and a writer and a producer, that's <laughs> that's great. I'm totally happy with that. So um, I, I have my dream job now. It sounds like you like everything about being a musician except for the extra stuff that goes with it, the promoting, the social media. Uh, I, I don't mind the social media. Um, the, the only thing I really don't like is having to tear down my gear at the end of the night. <laughs> And load it in my car and try not to forget something. Are you using solid state amps? Uh, I, I'm using uh, I big old heavy tubes. I'm using tube amps now. Um, I for Steely Dane for a while I was using a Helix, and uh, it was great because I could pre-program everything and it and it you know come back the same way every time. But now I have a, a analog rig and it just sounds better. We, the, I used it the first time uh, a week or so ago, and people in the band were like, yeah, man, analog, <laughs> <laughs> tube amps. I'm like, yeah, I know. It sounds so much better. <laughs> no going back now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if anybody's looking for a Helix LT, let me know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's hard work whether it's Steely Dane or, or something else. I mean, it's still it's still work, but it's it's it only seems like work when you have to tear down. <laughs> that that part I don't like as much, but uh, everything else would be great. I I always would say I would set up my own gear, carry it in. If someone else would put it in my truck for me, that would be great. So what I, one of the things I find interesting about Steely Dane is like watching some of the, the videos on YouTube and stuff of you guys performing. Number one, all you guys are just amazing musicians in that project. And two, Steely Dan had a lot of songs that I didn't know were Steely Dan songs. Like, you know, it's like... Steely Dan songs, you mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd have that problem all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's... What we tend to do is we know what the hits are and we try to play those... We also tried to do album nights. We're like, okay, we're going to do all of Asia, and then we'll do some other like random stuff. But we try to mix in uh, the deep cuts, like uh, um, Bad Sneakers or 
or Dr. Wu or something like that. And, and it's, it's pretty fun and, and re- like deep Steely Dan fans, they really love that. And <laughs> we'll, we'll get messages. Hey, you should do this song too. And we're like, Oh, okay. That's, that's be a good one. Um, so we try to, we try to balance it. And, uh, how many guitars are in that band? Is there three or four? Two. Two. Get Dennis Shepard, right? Me Student? and Dennis, yeah. Okay. Dennis is amazing. He he is amazing. And he's made me much better. I probably have to pay him for that. <laughs> um but uh yeah. It's it's a great and then two keyboard players, the two Daves and four uh four four horn section. Uh we have a percussionist, we have a vibes and marimba guy. Uh, Tommy Mattioli and uh, and two background singers, four horn players. Did I say that already? Um, yeah, so it's a big band. That's a lot of <laughs> moving parts when you're trying to schedule a show. It is. Yeah, we're scheduled out like we're scheduling for 2025 now. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I got an email. I'm like, wait, I think we have a show that day. And then he <laughs> goes, No, it's for 2025. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm open. How do you keep track? Do you have a, a calendar or something? Oh, that you yeah. <laughs> you almost have to, don't you? Yeah, I have a calendar. Um, and I, I print it out, and I have it on my refrigerator. And then if I want to travel or go somewhere, I have like, okay, this is my window. I got a window. So so I try to do that when I can. You've made it to the band reaction segment, where we're going to play a clip from uh, the last week's guest. Okay. I'm ask you a question, and then we'll get your reaction, and then we're going to have to do a commercial break. So this is a question from the French-Irish Coalition. They're a two-piece blues rock band out okay. of Green Bay. Uh, let's see what the question is. Okay. Band reaction. Band reaction. Hey, Jay, this is Travis. And this is Julian. We're from the French-Irish Coalition, and Julian's got a question for you. With playing with Butch Vig, um, have you ever told him that his uh, drumming sounds like garbage? I'm not associated with this question. <laughs> um, Butch is a, is a great drummer. Um, uh, he's kind of moved to uh, electronic drums. That's for, for like garbage. For the, That works better. And it's... You know, it's just easier to, to for them. Um, he, he's he's a lot of fun to play with, and uh, I mean, we're all getting older, so <laughs> doing the three-hour shows aren't, aren't really great anymore. But um, yeah, he's a wonderful drummer, and not yeah, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And uh, he's, you know, hanging out at Smart Studios, I learned a lot of stuff from him and Duke and and. Steve and all those folks, and it was so great to work with all those guys. And Butch is still a badass drummer. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, thank you for the question, French Irish Coalition. Thank you, Jay, for your reaction. We're gonna... Merci beaucoup. <laughs> so this new album it's a, was long coming. It's yeah. under the name Emmett James, which if you want to explain first why you decided to go with Emmett James over Jay Moran. I, I don't know. Like, since I was a kid, my name is not Jay. I mean, it, that was a nickname my parents gave me. My real legal name is Emmett. They never called me Emmett. They only called me Jay. So my whole life I grew up as Jay, and it just 
didn't sound rock <laughs> enough. Oh, you know, in you know, and there was already some pretty famous Jays. So, um, uh, th- that's where that came from. So I, I, I started using Emmett as, uh, as a place to, you know, change my identity a little bit. So, um, I have fr- some friends who call me Emmett, but a lot, everybody else calls me Jay. So is it kind of, was it kind of hard to, to make that jump using your real name? No, <laughs> no. Um, I didn't like it when I was like sixth grade or something, but actually I kind of like it now. So I, I answer to both. You started working on this project a long time ago. 2014, probably I started writing those songs um, and probably recorded on ADATs in my basement. Um I bought that house because I looked at a bunch of houses and in the corner there was a drum set in the basement. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I like that. Actually, that would work. With it. So, like that—that that was why I bought the house. Um, and it has a bathroom too, which is nice. Um, but yeah, that, I, I started writing that in like 2014 and um, just kind of had this uh, pile of songs and. Um, did you know it was going to be like a solo album at that point? Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I worked with a, a great drummer, uh, Scott Beardsley, in Madison, um, and he played on pretty much everything. There's a couple songs where I played drums on and, and really thinks there's a thing called quantizing that makes bad drummers like me sound much better. Um, so uh, I, I kind of just got... I. I it was at a point where I really didn't have money to to pay a lot of people to come in and and do sessions. So uh, I ended up, you know, playing bass and playing, you know, playing guitars and playing keyboard parts. And uh, then eventually, as the project went on, I, I dragged some other people in, um, like Dave Adler from Steely Dane, who played keyboards on a bunch of stuff on that. Um, yeah, but. Uh, I, you know, I I just didn't release it. I had all this, you know, like 80% of it done. And uh, I don't know what, I got busy with other stuff and playing in other bands. And so it it took me a while to get it out. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to resurrect this and, and bring it back. So I did. And then I added a few uh, new songs, um, including uh, The the Man I Was, uh, which was written at, at the uh, Refuge. Well, I was staying over one night in Appleton, and uh, and uh, that morning I I had the idea. I just sat down and spit it right out. So it was great. Um, so that was a little newer, and uh, when you go, it's a little newer. But um, yeah, it was just kind of a pile of songs, and then I realized, okay, these songs kind of work good together. So I'll. I'm going to put them out. So I did. I finally got it done. <laughs> some, of, some of the older songs you wrote and were already working on, did you change anything on those songs? Or those are how they were when you recorded them back in those 2014? Are, those are pretty good. Um, one of the things that happened is, you know, I'm a studio in my basement now, but uh, I'd lost, I lost the, the individual tracks. They're on, probably, I'll probably on a hard drive that I'll find 10 years from now. But... Um, 
So I had mixes already that, that Mike Circle did at Smart, and they sounded great. So I used those um, and, and a little trickery with uh, new gear to you know bring the vocal up a little bit or, or do something. But um, And then the other stuff I just kind of built in my studio and, and would have a drummer come in or use a use a logic drummer until I got a drummer to come in and um so that was that worked out fine um it's nice I, I like playing with other people like the last Emmettville record we we really tracked with multiple people and like live in a room which is a it's a better thing and um part part of me doing the other record you know it just I'd do it when I could and and I couldn't really bring that pull that many other people in so um took a took much longer than it should have taken but but it's done now so you mentioned working with mike zirkel um mm-hmm. did he do anything after smart on this funnel head release um not after he had done he did some great work on that so um and those who might not be familiar with mike zirkel he's just a great engineer great all-around guy yeah he he's he's a wonderful guy and uh he he was at smart for a long time and and i loved working with him he's just super you know we did we did them build projects together we did the stuff that's on funnelhead together and i really enjoy working with him so did he try to pull out anything from you that maybe get you to look in a different direction while you were recording stuff he he didn't try to, you know, pr- produce me. Um, I, I, I think by the time we did it, it was pretty well sussed out, um, at least to, to what I was hoping for. So um, he didn't have to do that. Um, he's really good at making, uh, you know, you might want to just make this a little less boomy, or you might. You know, and so I just, I'm like, Mike, you go ahead and do that make it sound good and then we'll listen to it and if i had a, a critique on the mix or something I, um he had a hard time getting me to agree with having a loud vocal which now if you listen to that record all the vocals are are up there <laughs> i'm like yeah I, I don't know why i was hiding hiding that but maybe it was lack of confidence in my singing back in those days but the vocals on the album are are great they're smooth it, it's uh I'm listening to it a lot, and it's really growing on me every every time I listen to it. As I'm able to like sort of identify the songs better. Uh huh. Um, the the first track, Inside Out. Yeah. Was that, was that one of the the older songs you wrote, or was that one of the the newer songs? That was one of the older songs, and uh, I think it was the first one I wrote. Which, you know, for that project, I guess. Um, and uh it turned out really good you it's know. really like the theme is really nice it's about just kind of relaxing and yeah you know, taking it easy <laughs> yeah letting go and uh yeah get in the back seat and uh yeah uh it turned out great in the course uh, you know if butch vig reaches out to you and says that chorus is awesome <laughs> <laughs> like okay then i did a good job um so yeah, I, I really like that song, and people seem to really like it. I got a lot of feedback on that, so that, that's pretty nice. 
Was there a, a song on the album that was harder to to write and record than the other ones? There's a couple. I, I don't know. No, not really. Not super hard. Uh, some there's a couple that I left off that were part of a project, and then we. I just was like, okay, I got something newer and better. I think that would work there. So, um, it, you know, I think eight songs or nine songs, but. Um, so you release Love Ain't Money as a single, but that's not on the... Yeah, that'll album. be on the next collection. <laughs> um, yeah, I've already got a, I got a lot of songs, so I just need time to... Sounds like you have a lot of irons in the fire. I got, I got plenty of irons and not enough fire. Um, so I want to talk about the new single too, but let's, let's talk a little bit more about the album, so... It sounds very autobiographical. Your writing, interesting. I don't Thank know. You. Well, uh, tell I don't me know. more. Tell me I why you think that. <laughs> well, it's, it just sounds like and you've got a song called uh, "Hippie Girlfriend." Yeah, it's just a lot of stuff that that sounds like you're writing about your life. Some people write like they they'll just use like people they know or like you, you know as a subject. And it sounds like you're and I don't know if you are, but it sounds like you're writing just about your life and and just kind of letting it flow that way. Well. It, 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 my hippie girlfriend came pretty fast. I wrote that pretty fast, and then uh, uh, my a good friend of mine who I used to work with, she was a total hippie girl. And I said I played her that song. I'm like, I wrote this for you before I knew who you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was it, that's a really to me it's just a fun song. Uh, it's it's almost comedy. I guess um, some of the stuff is written from me, but one of the things I like to do when I'm writing is, okay, that guy, who, what is he thinking? How, how does he perceive things? So I try to crawl into other people's uh, psyches and uh, I don't know how well I'm doing that, but, and then just kind of see it through different eyes. And um, so, Sometimes it's autobiographical, you know, you know, but for the most part, I'm stealing it from someone else's experiences, but definitely some of mine as well. We've got a question here. Uh, do you still practice your guitar playing as far as, do you, okay, let me redo that one. Yeah. Do you still practice your guitar playing as far as trying to learn and improve, or do you focus more on utilizing what you already know through songwriting? Any technique you want to work on? I want to work on uh, hybrid picking. I, 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 I'll, but I, I play every day. I, I have a lot of guitars in my living room. I'm not married, and uh, I don't have kids, so I, my guitars are my children. Um, but I play, I play every day for at least an hour, and um, there's things I'm always trying to learn new things playing with Steely Dan I learned a lot of chords that I didn't even know existed um so that was great um and I'm comfortable playing up and down the fretboard but can always get better and I you know my right hand sometimes I'm like okay am I am I being noisy am I hitting stuff so always always trying to be better you know and if I can't be better, I'll probably stop playing. <laughs> the new album again? You said you wanted to do some shows and kind of promote it that way, right? Mm-hmm. 
if you could pick a place in Appleton uh, to to do this at, I, you haven't done a CD release show for it yet? No, I haven't. Okay, so is that something that you feel is kind of not really important when you're releasing an album? I think it's important. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't got there yet. Um, yeah, I think it's important, and, and I want to go out and play it live for people because I think it'll be fun, and there's there's other songs that will be part of a probably a next release that will you know give us enough songs to do a decent set i think right now we could probably only do a like an opening set and that would be fine um but yeah i'd, I'd like to do a, a you know a bigger celebration for it i got uh let's see three Two shows in January, three in February. I got, uh, you know, with, with Steely Dan and with other stuff. So try to fit all that, all yeah. that stuff in. The uh, the artwork cover is great. And I believe that was done by Mr. Frank Anderson. Frank Anderson, who did it at my house. I, I was like, okay, we, we talked about it. I'm like, yeah, I like that brick wall thing. It looks like it's painted. Oh, well, yeah, let's do that. And then I was kind of tinkering around with it. And then he just... I sent him some of the stuff I had, and he knocked it out in like 15 minutes. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, thanks. <laughs> I was the art director. I wasn't the artist. So, <laughs> when when did you meet Frank? When did you oh, God. your paths first cross? Uh, I, I I think I think we met a long time ago. I used to he, I heard him play uh, uh, in Buzz Gunderson. And I we, I didn't know him then, but I'd heard him play, and I, he was amazing. And then uh, I think through Joey's song. Well, I also the Obras would play in Milwaukee a lot, and the company that that Frank worked with did some vi- uh, video of us uh, of the Obros in a in a bar, and uh, and so I I, I kind of got to know all the people over there, and uh, and I mean, I've known. Frank for longer than I remember, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I yeah we 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 hit it off and we geek out a lot. So, so that's great that he did the the artwork. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool cover. Yeah. So who who did the the cover for your latest single? Money ain't, ain't uh, love ain't money. I have a secret for <laughs> all of you other musicians who don't have money to spend on art or don't have friends who are great artists. AI on your phone produce <laughs> like for all the singles all that stuff came from a AI app on your phone and you can put in like okay strawberries and lightning and you know whatever and then it'll just um so that's where a lot all this came from <laughs> do you see like AI taking over songwriting too I know that sometimes you see YouTube videos like this is a resurrected like nirvana song because all the nirvana stuff was put into ai and this is like a new song a lot of Mm. it's junk but do you think that it's going to advance to some to a point in the future where you can just enter in some feelings and a genre and then it's going to kick out something you can release i am not excited about ai um doing that that's that's our musician job you know and our writing job uh, it's probably going to happen won't be able to stop it from happening some of it might be really cool but um you know depending on the algorithm but man we got 
we got everybody like got a CD out or something, you know, at this point. So like, do we really need to have robots doing it? Um, but we'll see. CDs have really kind of changed. Like they're not what they used to be. Do you find it important? Like, are you going to get the new Funnelhead CD? I I will do a, a pressing of CDs for Funnel. I'll, I'll have to remaster for uh, for that purpose. But um, yeah, I, I will do that. Like uh, you know, Freddie Johnson's also a member of the Know It All Boyfriends, and you know, when you're out playing shows, it's, it's people want to buy it. They probably, hopefully, still. <laughs> still have a, a disc player um um or they can rip it and share it with their friends but uh uh yeah you played with freddy a couple times there was the uh something in madison recently and then you played with freddy full band at the, the we've got your back jack uh oh yeah 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 how long you known freddy obviously a long time as well long time i met him when they were working on uh this perfect world um, and we just, you know, chatted a little bit and, uh, you know, talked about music and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I was already a fan. I'd heard, I'd heard his stuff and then Butch was working with him. And, um, so that happened. And then, uh, Butch called and said, Hey, can you put together a band for Freedy or can you back him up? And so, uh, I would start doing that, and sometimes we'll go out and play full band shows, and sometimes it's maybe just the two of us, which is a nice combination of music and the Smothers Brothers, um, what what it usually turns into. But um, <laughs> it's been fun. We uh, we did a show up at the Parkway Theater, uh, this as a duo, but Freddy was there with us as a Steely Dan guest. <laughs> that was super fun. Um, but we did a show at the Baroques, uh, a live show with uh, Frank and myself and Phil Lyons on bass and uh, Chris Sandoval on drums, who's a wonderful drummer, plays with the Jimmies. Um, am I answering your question? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Ever a chance you and Freddie might go out and do a, a Freddie J kind of coat? kind of a co-tour like a short little run of shows we we could do that we could do that you know we've done we've done we've done uh shows similar to that but i would love to open for him um and then back him up you know because i've been playing those songs for a long time it's fun and the know-it-all boyfriends when did you officially join uh that project it was a Christmas party at Butch's brother, Butch Biggs' brother, Chris Biggs' house. And we, a bunch of us were there, and they tried to hire, like, a piano player or somebody to do that. And then and, and then they're like, well, we couldn't get anybody to do it, and we're all musicians, so let's just, let's just play. <laughs> so we would. That's where, that's where it started, you know, so we'll play, like, two-thirds of a song that we almost kind of knew and then you know we'd play another song and and, and that's really where the know-it-all boyfriends came from and it was freedy had that name like he and he he bestowed it on us so we were like okay we're that's who we are now and the band is a lot of fun if you haven't seen the know-it-all boyfriends do shows at the momar 
Yeah. And, uh, God. <laughs> and you, the bands have they've done a lot of uh, like fundraising shows. Yeah. And now Joey's song, which yeah. can you tell us a little bit about Joey's song? Yeah, Joey's song is about uh, raising money for epilepsy research. Mike Gamal, the the, the gentleman who uh, put that group together, um, he they had uh, three children that were adopted, I think. Uh, and they and they lost one of them to epilepsy, and um, so he's just been kind of a warrior on that front. And it started out like I saw Freedy and and somebody from the Bodines do a thing at a volleyball court, you know, 15 years ago, um, and it helped raise a little money. But I mean, now the now it's become a big thing. Like we we do the Barrymore and and fill that up and. This year we're going to, or early next year we'll be at the Sylvie, and it's a, it's going to be a great show. We've got Chris Collingwood from Fountains of Wayne with us. We've got Corey Chisel and Frank, and Alex, and uh, uh, Nielsen Trust is going to be there. Uh, Gail and uh, Tanya from Belly, uh, Kay Hanley from Letters to Cleo, and Dave Dave Perner. From Soul Asylum? Dave Perner, yeah, from Soul Asylum, which that'll be really fun. You know, Butch produced a record with them. Um, and a 14-piece gospel choir, which is going to make things really this interesting. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. And we're, <laughs> we're going to use them. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to ignore that, so that's going to be really fun. So it's going to be a great show. And, you know, we raise a lot of money for epilepsy research, which... Um, um, a number of the artists who are taking part of it have somebody in their family that has suffered from epilepsy. So, um, you know, I, it just, it, when we first started doing it, it seemed like a lot of work, but now to me, it's, it's a lot, it's still a lot of work, but it's really good work to do. So, and people can uh, bid online too. There's an auction with guitars, signed guitars. Yeah. And I think REM garbage, uh, Joan Jet, there's just a ton of yeah. things you can bid on if you can't make it to the show and you still want to help. Um, you guys went all virtual one year when when COVID hit, and, yeah. and I expressed my love to Frank for uh, your cover of Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, you guys just ripped that song. Like that's a song from when I was a kid that sticks in my head. But when I heard that on the uh, the streaming version of the the show, I just fell in love with with that version. It just sounds so like alive compared to the original. Yeah. Well, we did, let's see, we did, I think, three songs. Yep, Circles. That way, Circles and... How, how Deep Is Your Love. And How Deep Is Your Love, which Freedy just yeah. killed that, man. It was so awesome. Um, yeah, uh, that was that was really a fun project, and we would just trade files. It was the pandemic, so we're, you know, we got a drum track and we got a thing, and then we'd kind of build the track, and everybody would, and then Butch would take it and move it around. And, um, and then, so we'd do one song, and we're like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then we'd have to do a video, like, three <laughs> weeks later. <laughs> All of us separately. <laughs> so I had, a yeah, I had, you know, this, and, uh, um, yeah, and, and Frank just made all that stuff work together. It was amazing. He, he's amazing. Um, 
the video was really cool too. Like yeah, you mentioned it just it, it fit in like the the song. It, it kept the intensity of the song with the the split screens and the the changes. Yeah, and, and uh, got to see that. Yeah, that's Butch doing the backups on that song or the singing backups. Which well, I I sang on them too, but I didn't get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I, you can see me kind of singing, although I wasn't really singing it. I was just mouthing it, but um, but I. There was a few of us who sang that part on the record, but yeah, that it's it's. Here's some Frank's like guitar work together on that song is just it gets you it, it gets me excited like when I listen to it like it, I play it a lot here at the house and oh, it's a I, great great cover. It's a great cover, and yeah, you know, like when uh, when Chris brought it up, we're like, yeah, Twilight Zone, let's do that. It's it's the the the, the nice thing about the the. Know It All Boyfriends, especially for this show, kind of expands to Corey and Alex and Frank and uh, uh, Chris Collingwood and, you know, other people who want to be part of it. And it's just a really fun thing. Know It All Boyfriends wrote some originals yeah. as well. You had uh, Ramp It Up. Yeah, Ramp It Up. Yeah, I, Butch and I put a good eight minutes into that song. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I consider it like a Kiss song. It's like, okay, it's about ramp, you know, getting getting ready to party. And you, had, uh, you destroyed classic rock. That was that was actually a real story because Butch had somebody at in Viroqua where they grew up um, came up to him at a class reunion and said, you know, be, I think because of the Nirvana thing, and he's like, you know, you destroyed classic rock. <laughs> And I don't know, Butch didn't really know what to say. He was like, <laughs> so um, we started writing a song. It was just, it was me and Freedy and Duke and and Butch. And we, that session was weird. We just kind of played some guitar parts and stuff and he built it all together. And then he said, okay, write, write words for it. So he, he drops stuff like that on me. I'll send you... I mean that that song turned out really great. It was it was really fun. Uh, you destroyed classic rock is is really fun. Um, uh, but we he also sent me something called Sushi Pizza Party by the Pool, which like two minutes and thirteen seconds long, but it's very fun. It was, it was a, and he said, "Okay, write lyrics for this." I'm like, "All right, here we go." Is it? Do you, do you enjoy like the Note All Boyfriends? Typically, it's it's mostly covers. Is it nice like working on original music for the band as well? Do you think that? Yeah, could... yeah, and, and we do that. Like, there's, there's, I don't know. We're working on other songs. Um, it's something we'd like to eventually put out a full album. A full album. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, we, we. I think everybody's got some ideas, so we just kind of work that around all the other stuff we're working on you mentioned you've got a home studio mm-hmm. has that changed how you approach a recording project now that you're not like on a timer somewhere or right yeah it, it really did uh and it's been that way for a long time through a lot of you know years of different gear but um yeah it re- for me it's great i'm the i'm the happiest in my basement Except in the winter when the furnace kicks in, but and then remembering that I shut the furnace off 
in the basement so I could record. And then three hours later, I'm like, damn, it's cold in here. <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, having a place to be able to create music, I, th I think for anybody who writes and, and produces or whatever, uh, it's, it's heaven. Did you have any help setting up the studio or you had enough knowledge how you were I able to just kind do it? Of, yeah, I mean, I used different stuff. I used Logic. I had, inter, you know, interfaces and stuff. I'm pretty much, I use Logic now and I use uh, Luna, the, the universal audio thing, which sounds amazing. And I have a number of their, uh, I have 16 channels of, of, of their stuff, which is awesome. It sounds great. And we have a drum booth and uh, and digital kit as well. And uh, I don't know, a lot of guitars. You were involved with uh, Wendy Schneider's Smart Studio Story documentary. A little bit, yeah. How do you think that turned out? Did it do a good job at capturing? Well, my thing got cut completely. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, I, I, I'm really happy that that happened and... We had we there was local parts of that which didn't make the final cut and and I understand why. Um, did you have any tracks on the the album, the vinyl release? Did I? I, I should have researched that. I don't think so. <laughs> have you been to the studio since it was purchased and renovated? I heard it was going to be a bed and breakfast or a Airbnb rental. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I haven't. No. I, I was there when we loaded out the Trident board, and that was kind of my goodbye then. I, I knew a couple of people who, who had taken it over for a short amount of time, but just wasn't the same place. Do you have a favorite memory of your time at Smart Studios? I just, I just like being there. Um, and sometimes the members of the Obros would get pulled in to play on a project or something, and uh, as a you know, band. Um, I, I mean, like when I would mix with Circle, you know, after you've heard the song, you wrote the song, you <laughs> listened to it probably a hundred times in your own house. I, I, I wouldn't sit there for a whole mix session. I'd, I'd be like, I need to go for a walk and I'll come back and, and hear it with fresher ears. But, um, I, I, I mean, I just liked hanging out there. Um, because of that, I have every tape op magazine um, at my house that's been created since I knew that that was a thing. Because um, I'm really interested in recording, too, so I, I geek out on that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, 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 the whole vibe was just really nice. It was relaxed. It was fun. And, you know, those guys went through... A, a lot of trouble, you know, uh, towards the end, and it just wasn't, you know, this, the whole studio thing was changing, and everybody had a studio in their bedroom, so um, not that that made music sound much better, <laughs> necessarily any better or any worse, but um, uh, yeah, I... And the, and the original smart studio, which was uh, which you probably saw in the film, uh, that was fun. We did our first forty five there that got played on Z one hundred four, which was huge for us. Like we just drive around, and live in live in our cars, and listen for, listen for the comeback on the radio again back in the days. 
do you still get any feelings of magic like that when you're releasing music? I, it's I like you know when other people like it. That for me, that's great. I, it makes me it makes me feel good. I mean, I wanted to put it out if I thought it sucked. So, um, not everybody's gonna like every song, and and that's okay. Um, but it, uh, when somebody stops me and says, "Hey, I really like this," or I get a Facebook message or something, it's 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 wonderful. It's like, oh, great! I'm glad I'm, I'm not the only one who likes it. Do you have a favorite track on the the new Funnelhead album? Um, no, I don't have a favorite track. Well, I I, I do. Uh, Inside Out is pretty pretty great thing. It's a really good track. I, I like how it came out, and uh, I like the meaning of the lyrics. Um, when when you go is uh, it's kind of a in 1975 was that? I think so. I was still in Boy Scouts or something, uh, or seventy? No, it was seventy two. Uh, uh, Take it easy by the Eagles was on the radio, and uh alone again naturally was on the radio and <laughs> when you go is really my is alone again naturally for me <laughs> when, when when i think of that you know that's kind of what propelled that song to happen um i don't know it, i it, it, I'm not sure I'm comfortable talking about. <laughs> I think you know my hippie girlfriend's really fun. It's upbeat. It's fun. Um, I like the man I was. Turned out good. Um, it, that one is actually me. You had about some, me. <laughs> you, had, you had some backup singers on. I don't remember what track it was. Or somebody the female singing backups. Oh yeah. Or was that on the new single? I don't remember. That I well think. that that that's love ain't money. Yeah, it's my 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 friend Mary. Mary and her two daughters, who are both phenomenal singers and string players, um, and uh, Mary's voice is great too. So when they sing together, it's like one voice. It's amazing. So yeah, they were at the house, and I'm like, oh, well, as long as you're here, <laughs> come on, let's go down to the basement. You know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that was fun. I'm really, I'm really glad to have them on that. And so we talked about kind of what you have coming up next. You're working on the uh, the next album, and you're working just on the next Emmettsville album. You've got Joey's song coming up. You've got some Steely Dane shows coming up. You've got a lot of stuff coming up. Where where can people go? Do you have a, a central site where people can go and find out about all these projects? Uh, I guess Facebook and Instagram, you know. Um, I'm on both of those. So uh, there's an Emmett James uh page on facebook um i just use my regular uh instagram account for anything i'm promoting so just makes it easier jay thank you for coming over and doing this has it been an hour already it's been an hour already (laughs) i'm just getting started (laughs) i I, I have to sneak this one in i I apologize go go funnel head what does that mean i know you used that like 10 12 years ago when you released, I don't know if that was yeah, some of the did. same songs, but what uh, what connected you to that name? My father would say that to me, you know, basically saying, in one ear, out the other. <laughs> so I just kind of hung on to that, and then uh, that's that's where that came from. 
Thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, thanks again. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. You've been watching Fox City's Core on WCZR, Code Zero Radio.